So welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Reds Disciples podcast. Uh, once again, uh, back after another game. It's been a little spotty for us lately, and, and that's mostly been my fault. I apologize for that. Sometimes the day job bleeds into the night job, and uh, those things happen. Um, and so I haven't uh, been up as much, but uh, I am still here. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's a long 82 game season. Um, much like uh, I'm doing my best Jalen Brown impersonation where I'm coming in and out of the lineup lately. Um, so I'm trying to get healthy and, you know, get uh, get back to regular appearances uh, with games and whatnot. But uh, with me as always is Billy. Uh, Billy, how you been? Doing well, doing well. Would have been a little better if we could have pulled this one out, but... Oh, man, talking about this game. I mean, it's a fun game. I mean, it was a, a, a fun game, but I mean, like, like, like after the, like, like after so many of those shots just started going in, I was like, you gotta be shitting me. Like just, just the way at the level, like they pull up, like it, it got to the point where I was like surprised when they didn't go in. Uh, I've never seen shooting like that. It was historic. I mean, it was literally historic. That was the most threes that ever been made against the Boston Celtics as a franchise. That's over 75 years of history and two away from the NBA record for most made threes in a game. All right. So, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I just said it's phenomenal shooting. It's, you just, as a, you just have to tip your cap. You're wearing a cap. I'm not wearing a cap. It's a tip your cap game. Yeah, <laughs> truly. So, a, again, if you're watching this, you already know uh, Celtics drop. Uh, and, you know, the last few games have been like a rock fight is the general term that's been used with a number of these games lately. This game was absolutely a not. Uh, Celtics lose a 137-130 shootout, uh, just an offensive explosion uh, against the Utah Jazz uh, in the game in which the Jazz shot, and I'm checking this, 27 for 51, 51, 27 of 51 from three. Like, and to be perfectly honest, like, I mean, there were a couple that were off good ball rotation and they were wide open, but that didn't even matter. They had a ton of, they had everything. They had shots coming directly off screens. They had shots with guys right in their faces, closing out hard. I mean, the defense, uh, Utah shot 55% from the floor, um, included with that 52 excuse me, 53% from three on 51 attempts, which is a just staggering amount. Um, but even with that, I never felt like, like the defense was so bad for us, which is weird to say when the numbers show what the numbers show. But I never felt like the defense was so bad for this team. 
Like, no. I, what did you see? It was more good offense. It wasn't bad defense. We contested those threes. I mean, they just shot absolutely insane. I mean, these are two top five defenses in the league. And even us, we shot 51% from the field. That was by far our best offensive performance of the season. Our offense is usually doo-doo. And, you know, we were pretty pretty solid. The three, the threes, we could have made some more threes. That really was the difference. But, holy smokes. When you're going up against 27 made threes, you're in for a long night. Right. I mean, it just, I mean, you could just feel it from the start. The way Mike Conley got off to start, like, hit his first. Mike Conley was looking like Steph all night. Like, like I've never seen this kind of shooting on a team not wearing a Warriors jersey. Like, and uh, Conley was seven for seven uh, for 29 points, seven assists. Um, Donovan Mitchell, six of 14 um, from three. Royce O'Neal, two of two. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, four of seven. And then off the bench, they had uh, um, Joe Ingles, three of five. Jordan Clarkson, three of nine. Rudy Gay, two of seven. Like, they just, they just kept bombing away. They just, they just bombed away. Uh, and they spread us out so far. I mean, like, when they weren't hitting the shots with guys in the faces, I mean, they just, um, Conley was, Conley, when he wasn't, you know, like, bombing away, he was living inside the paint and breaking down defense. Same with, with Mitchell. It was just, it, it was just hard to keep guys out of the paint and hard to keep, you know, they just had us in rotation all, all like, all night. I give Ime a lot of credit, though. That game was a little bit of a chess match. He it abandoned, was. He abandoned the double bigs pretty quickly, rightfully so. And then he had it where whenever Whiteside was on the court, Rob was on the court. And that's really yeah. where we most of our our one, you know, our run to get back in the game. And then Gobert and Al went at each other and got just Al Horford is just continues. Whatever his diet is, whatever his thing is, because me and Al are the same age. I got to get on it because his ready. <laughs> God bless yeah. him, man. I love Al Horford. Like, good grief. Had a great game. I mean, like I said, all the numbers don't show everything, but 21 tonight. Uh, like, I thought they could have even gone to him the postal, maybe even a little bit more, but I thought he was great. 21, got 15 shots, uh, three of eight from three. Um, some of the best he's looked offensively in a while. Uh, 21, nine assists. Um, you know when Al is getting nine assists, that means the ball's moving around, right? And, you know, that that tends to usually be a good predictor of ball movement overall, if, if Al's getting that. And that, you're, you're 100% right. That's really the best we've looked. And I think you're also right. You have to give, you know, Ime takes... Um, some some criticism, whether it be here or on other shows or on social media, and when he does, I I, I don't I don't. For the most part, it's I think it's good criticism when he when he takes it. At least it's it's warranted. But I think you got to give him credit for those moves today. 
my hope is that maybe it, it turns into this turns into something more um i like the double big lineup i i, I like um the use of al and grant together um but i also think there are times when i like seeing tatum at the four like i do like seeing tatum at the four and him being able to operate at that spot with just a little bit more space to work with a little bit more open driving lanes especially when he gets to play with al and al can space for him and so when you get to see that happens it just makes things that much easier for tatum to drive a little bit more and i think hopefully it might even help with schroeder as well a little bit who i think sometimes um when schroeder does find himself in trouble it's like it's when he gets in jail um he, he tries to drive and maybe it's not there and he has to maybe turn back or and he ends up dribbling a little bit too much too too much longer than maybe he should you know i like shooter when he's decisive when he's decisive and like uh, um there was one point in the game where he got pinned on a shot and he missed it and i was a little it was a little unfortunate cuz i thought he could have got the ball to Tatum but in general i like when shooter's decisive um also like him when he's hitting that elbow jumper when he's not hitting that elbow jumper it's uh it's not as good shooter but generally but but point being you know with Al is able to hit those shots in space and Tatum's able to play at the four like that's a group that I like I enjoyed seeing um uh Schroeder with Smart or Schroeder with Richardson and uh I know obviously we'll have to see what happens hopefully it's not a long-term thing with Romeo Lord knows he doesn't need any more injuries but even when Neesmith came in who didn't shoot but I thought he played some decent defensive minutes for the short stint he was in there um but when those guys have a little bit more space to work with and Tatum can play at the 4 I just think it It, it makes the ball movement look a little bit nicer. Yeah, especially Romeo, man. I mean, I hope that ankle is just—it looked—it looked ugly, but it also the way he walked it off—it just looked like one of those things you see on a basketball court all the time, where you just kind of rolled the ankle and it looks worse than it is. But he was playing so well; he got us really the momentum we needed because we were just getting dogged in that quarter. and for him to go down like that after playing really well that game he had some sweet drives that we have not seen from him before yeah yeah the, i i driving the close out that's been kind of a little bit hit or miss with him i've seen i i find sometimes when he drives off that off that wing he gets bumped off as he allows himself to get bumped off the line a little bit too much and then He either ends up with a weird twisting shot or you know he can't turn the corner to get the layup like he did twice today which I thought was really good or sometimes he ends up having to kick it back out um but I like seeing him being able to be tough on that line and and not get bumped 
And I saw him do that well a couple times today. And that was nice to see. That was, um, that was evident of like, uh, you know, good offense for him. What are we going to do about Schroeder, man? It's like getting to the point where it's like, you know what? I'm on the roller coaster. I want to yeah. hit the red button. I want to get off this ride, man. It's the highs are great, but the lows are really low. It's, I mean, it's the ultimate. I don't remember a trick or treat player like this. You really don't know each person. People say Marcus is a trick or treat player. No. People say Marcus is a trick or treat player. I mean, I, I, I think it's an, it's an interesting question you have, and we can talk about Marcus a little bit more in a minute. But, I mean, I, what is it you're seeing when you look at Schroeder right now? I don't know if he's trying to play for a contract. I don't know if he just has tunnel vision. He is missing guys, and he has the ball in his hands so long that other guys are starting to stand around. And if anybody else on this team did this, we'd be screaming our heads off. But because Dennis is still kind of the new guy, I don't think they really are getting on his butt for it. But it's got to stop. He's a ball stopper, man. He gets the ball and it's just, you know, he can start walking back on defense. He's going to take a bad shot. Sometimes he'll do his nice little pull-up turnaround or he'll beat his guy off the dribble. Or when you're down six with a minute left, he's taking a two. You know we need a three there. And yeah. he gets blocked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw it. And then oh, it's funny, Keith Smith was online. He got into it on social media. People <laughs> was calling that a dumb play. But yeah, um, like I said, Schroeder's at his best when he can be decisive with the ball. And I actually like him off the ball, weak side, driving closeouts, like much like uh, Jalen or much like the guy we were just talking about, Romeo. I actually like him off the ball driving those those closeouts rather than on the ball, which is the reason why I, I'm so big on Smart having the ball. I think Smart has really played well over the last month. Um, I, I honestly think Marcus should have a little bit higher usage. I think his Numbers would be better if guys were hitting more shots. Most of assists are going to Tatum, and that's understandable. Tatum's our best player. And then next is probably uh, Time Lord, I think, I, I, I've read. But I, I, I really do feel like if, one, if guys had been, uh, have been hitting shots at more close to their regular numbers, what they've regularly been, like he'd have higher numbers than what he has. Uh, I think, um, to me, I think he, he's capable of handling the ball. I know that's that's kind of a bit of question on our board and a question on, you know, on various outlets is whether he's great in this role that he's in or is this a case where he's actually capable of handling more than he is. If his usage goes up, does his turnovers go up? Which has been an argument I've heard. Yes, but does the assists also go up as well? You know, the commensurate to them. Um, 
you know, I know Gasper put out an article the other day. What do you think of that Gasper article? I thought it was a hit piece. Like, you know, he wanted to put that out while we were still losing. He didn't expect this team to go 10 and five in the last month and basically just kind of turn around their season since Marcus's comments. You know, he started that on, you know, when things were bad, when it was two and five and it was like, hey, let's get this guy out of town. He's causing trouble. Like you could totally tell he had his perspective and then he had to kind of adjust and it was just a matter of, oh, well, I guess I got to publish it. It's been a month now. Yeah, so, I mean, look, we know to a degree, you know, we kind of know who, who Marcus is to agree right now. Here are the counting stats for whatever it's worth, right? 11 points. Um, he's shooting just under 40% on the floor, 30% from three. Like, and that feels like similar to the numbers he's he's put up uh, in the past. I think I'd like to see that 40% number get up a little bit more. But again, I also don't, I also think, feel like his, his usage is just so low and he gets, he squeezes so much out of that. I mean, is this, let me ask you this, is that, um, and he's, he's uh, I meant to check to say this. He's doing 39% from the floor, 30% from three, 76% from the line, 5.6 assists, four rebounds. Um, really playing great D, spending a lot of energy in that spot as well. Um, let me ask you a question that, that's been asked of me as well. Is this really like what his the role he's playing now, is that really his, you know, his best spot? Or is, do you think he's capable of more than what he's actually doing? It feels like he could actually do more, but you could argue that November was the best month of basketball he's played in his career. Just the last seven games, um, not including tonight, he had, had in the last five games, not including tonight, he had 35 assists. So that's about seven assists a game. We know the turnovers are low. He's the shot attempts are down. I mean, he's really playing what everybody wanted him to kind of become. He's molded himself into that pass first point guard who is going to always give you that all, you know, NBA defense. He's easily going to make the all defense team this year. He's really kind of stepped it up. I can honestly think he should have more responsibility, but that's just because I just don't want Dennis with the ball so much. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I I come down on him as well. Uh, I think Dennis, you know, I, I've heard Dennis compared to Jalen in the way he his straight line drives and often, unfortunately, the way he has tunnel vision. Um, but I think he should play off the ball, you know, a lot more like and, and play weak and be weak side off of off of Tatum and and drive the basket that way. Like I don't I don't get him bringing the ball up like I, I, I don't 
I, I feel that his offense, the way things are set up right now, comes at the expense of ball movement. And that's and maybe that's not necessarily his fault. We're asking him to do something that maybe he just shouldn't be doing. You know, it, it, it it's at one some point you have to say, you know, this is who Dennis is, and you know, you 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 can't blame Dennis for being Dennis and saying, hey, this is how I play. You know, you you can't ask him, you know, a leopard to change his spots. That's who he is. So you have to try and figure out a way around that. To me, it just means giving him less responsibility in terms of running the offense. Uh, and I have him play off the ball more. He's just, he's just not good for that role, uh, I think. Doesn't mean he can't be effective here. Doesn't mean he can't be effective in this uniform doesn't mean he can't contribute and does not contribute to winning because he certainly does. You know, this 10 and 5 stretch that you just spoke about, all this has come with Dennis playing a significant role. So that can't be overlooked. We're top five defense in the league. Dennis has certainly been part of that. So that can't be overlooked either. Um, but uh, uh, I feel that and I also, I just feel like Marcus is capable of doing more, not just because I feel that Dennis should do less, but I think Marcus is capable, like Marcus is capable of spraying the ball around, you know, but like he's, he's can be an excellent, you know, Mac Jones-esque floor manager, you know, game manager and spray the ball around and make sure everybody gets involved. Like, I think he can do that if you give him more opportunity, which is what he's been asking for. And I think that'll eventually come, whether that comes now, whether that comes this season or next year's season, I feel like Marcus is still gonna be here. Um, I don't know if it if Dennis is gonna be moved because I don't know if it makes sense to move Dennis at the midpoint of the year or not. Yeah, unless, the, unless you got a really good return, you might just wanna write out the rental or the other counterpoint would be is if you think Pritchard's ready to go back into that backup point guard role that he was so good at last season. If you think Pritchard's ready, then you move on from Dennis, you sell high, get a nice mid-first form, whatever the value is. You know somebody will take him. There's probably five so-called contenders that would give up at least a decent pick for to have a guy like Dennis, but... Right. I mean, and it's, it's questionable how much of a pick you're going to get for a guy who's going into free agency unless you feel like that team has a decent chance of keeping him to be, uh, I don't know, a foundational guard next year, uh, a primary uh, playmaker on a team. Um, you may not get guys to may not get someone to spend that much money on him knowing that they don't they're not going to receive bird rights for him or anything like that in a trade um so then the teams may not be willing to give much in terms of assets uh for him at the midway point which does make the potential of holding out for him holding on to him maybe a little bit more likely and we're quarter the way in and unfortunately um we just haven't seen, and we just haven't seen the Peyton Pritchard that 
we were hoping, we were expecting uh, that we'd see uh, by this point. Uh, I don't know if it's been the broken nose that set him back or just not playing as much has affected his confidence, but we just, we just haven't seen it uh, for Peyton. And then um, given his age, given his experience, given all we saw in the preseason, it, it's a little, it's a little surprising. I mean, not totally, it is just a second year and development isn't linear, but it, it's a little surprising at the very least that he hasn't picked up to the level that we thought, uh, at least up to this point. Oh, I thought we talked about it during the one of our free agency or off-season pods. Um, once Dennis got signed, I mean, no team is really going to play three point guards. Schroeder yeah. bumped him. I mean, that's just it. You're not going to get the same minutes. And Pritchard is a guy who's obviously his biggest threat is from the three-point line. And he's going to thrive by playing with better players around him because they're going to double-team Tatum. They're going to double-team Brown. And guess who's going to be open? Peyton right. Pritchard for a 30-footer. You don't get that when you're out there with Bruno Fernando in the last two minutes of a, yeah. a game that's already no, you know. like, I mean, in all this to say, I, I haven't lost confidence in Pritchard, or Neesmith for that matter. You know, development isn't linear. Guys still, guys still have the chance of being productive players. You know, this doesn't mean that these guys are busts. Doesn't mean that these guys should be traded. Um, we're not saying any of that here. Uh, and you're right, we did say that during the offseason that Schroeder was probably going to get most of those minutes along with with Smart at the, the primary uh, one spot. Um, and the thought was maybe we'll, we'll see what happens after the All-Star break. If potentially Schroeder does get moved, maybe he gets some run. Or maybe at then the second half of the year, he wakes up. You know, and if he, if Pritchard and or Neesmith pick up and have hot shooting to end, you know, the last month of the season to end the season and roll into the playoffs as hot shooting, you know, that's still, you know, that's still good. That's still, that's still, you know, fine. At this point, you'd, you'd take that. You'd still take that, uh, given where we are. Um, yeah, it's so weird with Neesmith. I feel so bad because I feel like I betrayed him. But I just love Josh Richardson. I wish we could get Josh Richardson more minutes. I did not expect that to happen. I know you did not. I know you did not. You were not as you were not big on him. You were not Dude, big awesome. on him. He's awesome. I would have started him and have Shooter come off the bench, but I don't know. I, I got the the Josh Richardson Kool Aid or something. Every time he comes in, I love the defense. I love the mid-range, like kind of like a baby DeRozan, the way he gets yeah. his mid-range. He's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I I like him, and I thought he'd be a good compliment. Um, and that's played out well. I think the last uh, last little bit, he's played really well and settled in as a nice roll off the bench and been a guy who can handle and get into the paint. And 
for the most part, I find he does stick the elbow jumper that sometimes I get a little frustrated that Dennis misses. I feel like he has been sticking that mid-range jumper when he gets it uh, for the most part. So, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of, of Josh and what he adds uh, to this team. Um, but uh, for the rest of uh, tonight's game, um, what else do we see? We haven't talked even haven't even talked about Tatum yet. Um, what'd you see from Tatum? I love the getting to the foul line. I love the aggressiveness, the drives. I mean, he was phenomenal. Him and Mitchell had a shootout and. Just Mitchell was a little bit better. He hit, you know, those big ones at the end. And Tatum, whether it's because his teammates didn't pass him the ball or who knows, he just didn't get the same opportunity. Like some of those shooter drives at the end, I kind of wish went to Tatum. But yeah, that's just his voice. (laughs) Yeah, so Tatum, who, you know, still... The three-point shooting has, it's just, it's still not there yet. It's its still not um, where we're, we're thinking it's going to be. He's still sub 40% technically from the floor for the season, 32% from three. Uh, he's still, you know, not JT. He's still not JTS. Um, although today was a great game it, from the standpoint, 11 for 11 from the line. I love that in that fourth quarter, they got they got uh, um, Utah into foul trouble early. And so for over the last half of the game, you know, he was able to take advantage of that and get to the free throw line. Uh, and, and, and get some more of those going. Uh, so that was good for him. It's good for his rhythm. Um, but yeah, his three just, uh, it's just not there yet. It's its still not. Like I said, I i, I still think we're one heater away from, from Tatum starting to be, you know, who we expect him, who we expected him to be this year. Um, but he, that heater just just hasn't come yet. It feels like we're past the slump, though. It seems like the slump's behind us. Like, he's starting to get a rhythm here. Um, really, the only reason the field goal percentage is that sub-40% is because of the threes. Because everything, the long twos even are going in. The drives, obviously, he's finishing at the basket. It's just the, the threes. There's, that's going to be the last part of the puzzle, it looks like. Yeah. So, and that's part of the reason why I'd like to see them, you know, I like the double big, but I'd also like to see them go without it and let him play a little four as well uh, and just play with a little bit more space. Um, And so he has a little bit more room to operate uh, as well. Not, uh, you know, I, I, the double big lineup is our best defensive lineup without that or without a doubt. And that's been the backbone of, of getting us to a top five defense, which like we said, we thought we could be that. And it's proving that so far that 
we will be there. You know, one thing that Ime said he wanted to establish so far with this season was a defensive identity as a team defense first. I think for the most part, we're seeing that. You know, we just, uh, one injuries can remain a killer for this team. Uh, one person we haven't spoken about today is someone who did not play. Um, and that is, of course, Jalen. And at this point, I, th- I might be ready to donate a hamstring. Because, uh, <laughs> like, uh, for real, this is, uh, you know, he he's out for two weeks, comes back in one game. And uh, by all accounts, and I, I actually missed the, most of the Philly game. And so if you saw it, you can tell me what you saw in a second. But by all accounts, from what I've heard, is he did not look himself at all. And there are a lot of people expected, like, he's not going to play the next game. And from what it, it seems to me like, the next number of games, he may not be playing much either. And like at this point, with this, you know, with our medical staff, like, what are we even doing here? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, it seemed like it just kind of tightened up on him. We had a really uh, good strategy uh, to deny and beat the ball, but it also meant that like Jalen especially got switched onto Embiid, and they were just banging into each other over and over and it's like really the last play of the game where uh when rob gets that amazing block in the corner to save the game you could see jalen it just like really tightened up on him and he he was like moving even stiffer than he was before it's just him and Embiid going at it it worked because they like even Doc talked about it after the game he's like no matter what we did we couldn't get the ball into Embiid it's like they basically denied and made those other guys try to beat us and they just couldn't that Philly game was a master class of coaching mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, that was obviously a one point win uh, for us in that game uh, Tatum actually Tatum played uh, really well, made some great passes, made some great plays down the stretch. Uh, I didn't love that. The one thing I did see in that game at the very end was one of those last plays. Schroeder, I thought, had a great closeout drive off a of pick and roll um, where uh, he put the pick and roll with uh, Horford, put them in rotation. They can miscommunicate it, and while they're trying to figure it out, Schroeder took a straight line drive right to the rim for the layup, which was terrific. Then the last play before uh, they made the defensive stop, though, ends up with the ball dribbling too much, tries to make a play. Um, Embiid is waiting underneath the rim. Now he's caught, he can't get all the way to the rim, ends up with the spinning fadeaway air ball doesn't grab any rim, leaves them with enough time to get a shot off. So those are the kind of things that we still need to work out. 
When, if Al's underneath the rim, I feel like the ball needs to go to Al and then us cut off. But otherwise, it, it, either Al, if Al's gonna be down there, he's gotta be in the post. If he's not gonna be posting, he needs to be spread way the hell out on the perimeter. And then cut off that if you need to. But otherwise, he needs to drag his man out. Like you can't, it can't be halfway. It's got to be one or the other. You play through him or you space him. But it can't be anywhere in between. Like that's how you use Al. Now they mentioned that actually on the broadcast tonight because every time we got in trouble driving to the basket and Gobert kind of was able to actually be a rim protector is because either we didn't bring our guy out or they just, they didn't wait for Al to get out draw him out and then you know do our little attack from the pick and roll which worked really well we got all the switches we wanted and we took advantage but if they aren't patient and they just want to attack 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 that's what's going to happen you're going to get stuffed at the rim by an Embiid or a Gobert whoever yeah. it may be Damn. so with that said I don't know we'll see what happens with Jalen that are you, uh, is this something we should, should we be officially nervous about this Jalen situation now? I'm always hesitant to like overreact. It seems like they're playing it pretty close to the vest, which is never good. But it's like, oh yeah, I remember when KG was supposed to come back for the playoffs and <laughs> it was a, basically a year and a half injury. So I, I always, the less we know, the worse I feel because I start getting that in my head. It's like, wait, this guy's not coming back? Oh, okay. I get those 09 flashbacks. All right. Yeah, that that makes me nervous. Um, so tomorrow we have Portland. So we catch a Portland team in a very interesting time in uh, their situation. Damian Lillard is out, and I forget, is he out with injury or COVID? I think it's injury. I think it's injury. I think it's something. Yeah, and he's going to be out for a little bit. Um, And, you know, this is just a couple of, this meeting is a couple of, like, a day after announcing they have finally let go of GM Neil O'Shea, who I think, honestly, you know, regardless of whatever this bullying or the environment thing is, I think they were looking for a reason to get rid of him for a while. Now, yeah, I hired him just based on performance, but yeah. it's so instead of doing that you let him pick the coach and now you're stuck with a coach that you might not love it's a it's a really bad situation in portland they're lucky damian lillard has the patience of a saint yeah so like uh i don't i'm not obviously i don't know if what's gonna happen this will be an interesting situation to monitor Certainly during the trade deadline, they have some pieces who they could offload if they want, if a new GM or president, rather rather president wanted to come in and say, all right, let's 
we got to make some changes here because they've had roughly the same team for the last maybe four some odd years and they've been in exactly the same place for the last four some odd years and I, I, I don't know where you go with this team you know you it's tough to sit it's tough to sit there and say rebuild when you've got a Damian Lillard on your team. Um, and it feels like they've got some good pieces where maybe they should be better. Um, but they just continue to not be able to defend, right? Despite the fact that they do have some good individual defenders. They've had some good individual defenders on that team over the course of the last four years. Um, but they just haven't, I never really felt like this team was a serious threat in the Western Conference. No, and I love looking at that roster because there's so many guys that you could just cherry pick off that team. Like I'm looking at Larry Nance. I'm looking at Norman Powell. Rocco, Rocco is my guy. Yeah. I'd love to get him. Robert Covington. Uh, I'd love to get him on this team. So, yeah, there's definitely something there if they do be- decide to become sellers, whoever this new GM ends up being. I don't think it's going to be Danny Ainge, but I'm sure Ainge is... That's been the, right, right. That's the, that's the hot name, of course. Danny, obviously, being originally from the Oregon area, he played for Portland uh, for a couple he of years. <laughs> right? So, uh, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. The other guy that's going to get traded eventually because he's pouting that would uh, be really good for a playoff team is uh, Thad Young. Man, he is not happy over in San Antonio. They're just not even playing the guy. Yeah. Yeah, they're not. They're not. He's another one. Mark uh, Marvin Bagley the third. Wanted out. His dad wants him out. His agent wants him out. Um, He's played well since Luke got fired, though. Yeah. <laughs> maybe this. Maybe this changes things for that. Maybe uh, next coach gives him some run, and all of a sudden uh, saves that asset. But uh, we'll see. So. Uh, just to kind of wrap things up, yeah, tough one here. Um, we're back to 12 and 11. Um, all I said, we're still only four and a half games out of the top spot in the Atlantic. Uh, as far as the Eastern Conference overall, and it, and our far still really far too early to look at standings. We're situated in ninth place, um, really just a game out of six, out of the sixth spot. Um, two games out of the fourth spot. So with everything as frustrating as the beginning of this season has been, um, right, this is a team that is still, you know, not far removed from the upper ends 
of the Eastern Conference, from the top half of the Eastern Conference. and it just really means it just really underscores the level of parity that we have in in the East right now, and that we're really honestly, like I said, we're we're Jason Tatum heater, and maybe some good health away from finding ourselves right there. You know, we're just kind of lying in the weeds at the moment which can be frustrating from time to time, but, um, you know, it's a new coach, new players, new system. You know, guys are still trying to figure a lot of this stuff out. Um, the new ball, there's a new ball. I don't know, some guys, some guys are having adjustment shooting with that. Clearly, Grant is not. Grant is nope. not having issues making that adjustment um, as he's become he, he had a really nice shot today it looked like he took a step back yes he like, did I was like Grant's kind of feeling himself right now a little bit with his shooting I'm like who, who, are you, who are you right now so Grant the guy that everybody was ready to just dump off for the bag of basketballs before the season He's evolved into a, a really important player. You know, I always had the feeling Grant would be a 10-year vet in this league for sure. And he's already starting to, you know, show where he's gonna be with that. Um, he's too he's too intelligent to not make it. He's got too much basketball IQ. And going into tonight, he was the only player in the league shooting 50, 40, 90. So that's our guy. <laughs> All right. 4090. Uh, Grant Williams. Who had that on your bingo card? Who would have thought? All right. So, with that, I think we're going to call it quits for the night. But uh, any final words on this game or previous games or as far as preview for tomorrow's Portland game? We'll be back for that one uh, as well to uh, recap that one as, as well. But any final thoughts for you on this before we get out of here? It's a real test to see how this team takes this loss on the chin because uh, honestly, it's not a bad loss. I know there's no such thing as a good loss. If a team's going to shoot like that, God bless them. But we got to come out and handle do. When a team shoots 27 for 51, we're like, what are you supposed to do with that? You know, you guys can- taking like crazy step backs. I'd love to see the 96 Bulls play against a team that shot like that from three. They'd be like, what is this? Is this even the same sport? Right. Um, but um, I really want to see them come out with this kind of intensity that they gave tonight against a Portland team that's, you know, without their best player. Because if we, you know, fuck around and do the whole, you know, we're just here, we just showed up, we should win, crap. I'm going to be really disappointed in this team because I thought we are past that. And I really hope we're past that, but we're going to see tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. That'll definitely be uh, some. That'll definitely be something to watch. Yeah, see if this the good ball movement from this game continues. Again, one thing I'll be looking forward is to see if Ime once again gives Tatum a little bit more space to operate. Um, 
allows them to play a little bit with just one big instead of two, give them a little bit more room to maneuver. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll just, uh, we'll see how that goes. But in any case, uh, if you've been watching this long, congratulations, you made it to the end, you win the prize. Um, but thank you very much. Uh, hit that like and subscribe button down low uh, so that when we put out more episodes, which we will be continuing to do all year, um, that you can be informed, still be a part of this conversation. Red's Disciples is a complimentary podcast with the Red's Disciples Facebook group on Facebook. Come and join that conversation if you are on social media. Um, we are on Spotify. We are on YouTube. Um, we are on iTunes. So uh, come and find us. If, if you want to join this conversation as well, um, sometimes I get tired of Billy's talking. It's true. Right? It's true. Sometimes Billy talks too much. Sometimes, so if you want to be, if you want to participate in the conversation, join us, all right? And otherwise, he is Billy, I am Aaron, and have a great night.